0: Back for another edition of the Rivals Hoops podcast with Rob Cassidy. Rob, how you doing?
1: I am doing as good as anybody can can be expecting me to do, I okay, guess. So Rob, I- let's talk
0: a little basketball. Big story this week, uh, Penny Hardaway always oh, exonerated. Whatever this Imagine <laughs> this new committee has determined that because Penny gave money out in the city of Memphis that whatever happened with James Wiseman was kind of covered by that. I think Wiseman essentially was Deemed to be at some sort of fault, which is insane. But to to me, you know, going forward, it's not really going to impact Memphis that much. And I think, you know, these people who get off on these sanctions, unfortunately, are going to be disappointed going forward. Because, I mean, who cares if if when Penny Hardaway was his AAU coach, he gave him money to move or whatever. Does that matter? No, I, you know, it's funny
1: that we're still pretending there are rules. <laughs> like, I mean... It, uh, you know, everything is such a gray area now where it's like it, it, you can funnel money to kids so many different ways. that Like if, if you're really like trying to enforce anything, I mean, don't you have better things to do with your time? Like if, if a program wants to find a way to pay a kid, they'll find a way to do it in the gray area now. Like, and, and sure, maybe there's some infractions and maybe that comes down and maybe there's an investigation, but nobody should be getting like actual penalties for things because you, it, it's all basically legal.
0: Yeah, I think you know. It, it is true that Penny kind of had an unusual relationship with the city of Memphis, and the city of Memphis is an unusual place. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. So the fact that okay, he was his AAU coach, and then he helped him transfer so he could play for his high school. Okay, it's like great. Take if you if the. You know, Memphis High School Association, which won't even credential me to cover football games. If, if this is where they want to, <laughs> this is where they want to dig in, and you want to take away the state title, whatever. Go ahead. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. I mean, I can see like, okay, you can't have high schools paying kids to come play there. But the whole point of these eligibility rules is to keep kids eligible for when they go to college. And if there's no rules in college, then what does it matter? Like. We, you know, this is. A, I have a feeling like five, ten years from now, this is going to be like sports betting, where we're going to look back and be like, the bull punching is ridiculous. I'm, I'm telling you, if
1: I'm being real honest with you, I clicked the some of the stories that came out, and I started to read them, and I didn't even get through it because it's just, I, I there's so many other things that I have to care about right now that that is like very, very low on my radar. Like, good for them. Like, I, I don't, like you said, it's like sports betting now. Like, I'm not going to get into the minutia of. You know, who did what to to entice a player to come to the college anymore? It seems antiquated. It seems like it's 2004 or something to even, like, care about that kind of stuff, <laughs> let alone waste the time to write a story about it. I, I, I don't know.
0: Right. And then be like, oh, the, the the NCAA was delta blow. It's like, well, the NCA is hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what cares about you know oh my they didn't punish james wiseman for the three games well, that he played there well, and, and the best part of the people that are like scandalized that
1: penny didn't get a suspension or something right where it's like from what <laughs> like uh, do you know how these nli collectives work like i don't i mean
0: i, I don't know it's <laughs> okay so talking about penny he hasn't necessarily had the success wins and losses wise that we thought he was going to, especially last year when they had Jalen Duran and uh, Amani Bates. And, you know, that everyone thought, OK, they should be running through the AAC. What's your take on that? I mean, it, as far as Penny as a coach, what's his long term? Now that this is out of the way, what's his long term, uh, you know, prognosis there at, at Memphis?
1: Well, it helped him that they closed relatively well last year. They played a lot better at the end of the year than they did for (laughs) for some other stretches of time there, Uh, especially in the beginning. It looked like maybe it was going to go real sideways on him when they were marred in that losing streak, and he is screaming at reporters about not cussing at reporters, F-bombing reporters about not supporting the team or whatever happened there. Uh, But, you know, they start rattling off wins. The Amani Bates situation I think is more of a, you know, an exception, not the rule to to Penny's – coaching tenure there because it was just a hard situation to handle in the beginning you know sure it's penny's fault for kind of taking him in but you know with money and his family and the people surrounding him it's very very hard to to kind of play the coach figure there when you have people second guessing your every move i think you know i'm not going to go out on the limb here and say he's going to be fine he's going to win a national championship i don't know but like anything else i think it's a shade of gray you know penny's probably not as bad as his detractors want to make him out to be when it comes to x's and o's and uh, even if he didn't live up to the talent level he had on the roster last year. And he's probably not as good as the people that will, are close to him and will defend his name. He's a fine coach, though. Uh, and, you know, it's just going to really come down to what kind of talent he can get in there going forward. I think this year should be uh, a litmus test for them because uh, they do have some returning players. You know, they don't have Imani back, but they didn't really have him for much of last year either. Uh, Jalen's gone, which which is going to hurt them. Uh, but if he can find a way to kind of stay relevant, stay in the stay in the NCAA tournament hunt, I, you know, I think he can buy himself some, some goodwill there
0: all right so we'll see what happens with penny but uh you know at least this is over now on to the next i saw some people i also saw the fbi arrested those pl- people in the school and there's been the ncaa hasn't ruled it's like it doesn't matter okay so what so what if <laughs> the fbi should have never been involved in this stupid basketball <laughs> I mean
1: well now the best part is any time like somebody's rival gets caught in like one of these like weird non-scandals they're gonna cry fbi <laughs> right. they will find a way right the fbi should be kicking in the door
0: well you know fbi's got all types of pr problems. <laughs> <laughs> so all right let's let's move on edger and james jr one of the top uh, players in the class of jizzle 20.
1: What a J- great
0: nickname. Right. I wanted to talk about So he goes by Jizzle, apparently, which I learned it does. Y- yesterday. Because Kid Rhino actually says it to me. He says, oh, I got the Jizzle video. And I was like, what do you? He knew his name was Jizzle. I didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: J- you never call him Jizz for short,
0: though. <laughs> uh, the James family, some accomplished athletes, had a really good uh, son who was a uh, running back last year who went to, I think, Howard. I have to look at how he's doing. Um Definitely one of those, another one of those players that Miami fans feel like they should have taken a la Frank Gore Jr. And yeah. they're guess what? They should. I agree. Frank Gore Jr. has definitely proved that they should uh take whoever. But anyway, Miami not in the mix here. Cincinnati, Georgia. What's the other school that's that's listed at least?
1: lsu is listed but okay. he hasn't visited and there may not be a visit or there may be a visit but i don't think they're a real player it's definitely a georgia and cincinnati
0: situation so they're going to be battling down the stretch here uh, we know there's conf- there's conflicting reports <laughs> so how do you think it's going to play out
1: i think he's going to land at cincinnati I, georgia feels confident and they have reason to feel confident they recruited him when they were at florida he, it's closer to home than Cincinnati. He's got a really good relationship with Eric Pastrana, who is an assistant over at Georgia and was an assistant in Florida. He kind of recruits the Florida area for UGA. And they feel pretty good about him. The issue is, he recently visited Cincinnati, and the people around Jizzle feel pretty good about Cincinnati. So you've got Georgia still thinking they're the front runner. But I think that gap has closed, and if I was going to bet money on it today, I would bet him landing at Cincinnati, especially if they miss on Isaiah Collier and it's starting to look like they might. He might end up at USC. Uh, And Jizzle then becomes the backup plan, I think. And they've got to get one out of the two, and I think they can kind of get him there by saying, you know, if you come here and Isaiah is at USC, you know, you're kind of running the show at guard here. You're the lead guard, and I think that's appealing to him
0: yeah uh eden's did go to uh howard by the way in case you were wondering as a freshman what name. was his name eden eden gotcha gotta keep the uh he didn't get the jizzle i don't know what his nickname is. Jizzle <laughs> 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 reminds me a lot more of edgerin uh than uh, eden does anyway uh but okay so it's kind of interesting like you would think like okay cincinnati Cincinnati versus Georgia, the the staff at Georgia, what you mentioned, uh, of course, you know, your buddy over there, Coach Pastrana, what kind of, what kind of traction do you think they're finding as they, they kind of, you know, the what, have moved up there from, from, the...
1: they seem to be finding a lot of traction. It looks like they're going to get Dylan James, who's an impressive player right now. He's ranked in the hundreds of the, the uh, rivals 150 is a three star but he's done enough to where he's in the conversation to move up a little bit i think it's helped them that they kind of have a pedigree to point to at florida sure it didn't end as well as they wanted to there they left kind of on an ncaa tournament drought thing but you know mike white made a final four (laughs) you know they they did they did some good things there they can kind of point at it and they've got relationships in the right place too. that staff you know that staff has got relationships in talent rich areas uh, I think they kind of know how to sell Athens, which is a big, big, big part of attracting people to UGA, I think, especially on the basketball side, where you don't really have the football tradition to point to, but you do have one of the best college towns in the country to point to. Uh, it's a wonderful place, and and I, I think they're going to do well.
0: All right. Uh, everybody, of course, talking about uh, Bronny and Bryce James. Oh, what's going to happen? Now, we've kind of had an interesting cycle with Bronny because, you know, we still don't know... <laughs> Really, if he has any offers, which I kind of wanted to ask you about, Uh, (laughs) it seems like he has an Ohio State offer. The fact that he went there and did the photo shoot leads me to believe that if he would go there, he could go there, right? I think there was
1: a point in time where he could have gone there, and he may still be able to go there. But it seems like the Brawny offers, because they haven't been publicized, are a little bit easier to – take away if another option presents itself, right? Because he's played it so close to the best. It's not out there in the media, really, except for like innuendo of who's offered. So if you see somebody you like more, you think maybe I want to go in the transfer portal, it's a lot easier for a coach to just kind of, because it's not out there, you know? Like they did this to themselves. And there's some buzz now that Ohio State might not have room for him because they're going to want to take some transfers or whatever, hold back some scholarships. But I think that, you know, if push comes to shove, he could probably go there if push comes to shove. He could probably go to Oregon. Uh, and there are probably some other schools out there too, but they, you know, LeBron is just it's fascinated me for somebody that went through this, like LeBron James, who should understand how the media can help more than anybody in the world. Has really sheltered him from this. I think it would be the other way around where he'd want to kind of, if LeBron James believes that his son is an NBA player, which he clearly does, why wouldn't he want him to get this media training and get his feet wet when it comes to facing the media? instead of holding him back, holding him out of all this stuff. And then when he gets to college, all of a sudden it's like, surprise, there are reporters that want to talk to you. Like you can't do this forever.
0: Well, so we go through this with Arch Manning, a similar situation. The the thing that I think people don't realize now, Bronny, especially when LeBron shows up, I mean, you and I have both been in the gym and when LeBron Uh. shows up, I mean, it's just total insanity, but I've also been in the gym in Indianapolis where LeBron wasn't there and Bronny was playing and there were a lot of people watching it was definitely crowded but it's not like you know they didn't shut down the whole gym you know what i mean there were like eight other games going on when bryce plays no, there was nobody watching uh so i kind of find it that i, I think they build up this and same with arch it's like okay if arch manning went to elite 11 He'd do like one scrum with like nine reporters, and <laughs> it would take yes, like, yeah. seven minutes. And then it would somebody would ask him about his hair or something, you know, somebody from the athletic who thought they were being funny. Uh, so
1: is it uh weird having uh, your dad, your last name be famous? Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah, you ever think
0: yeah. about doing yeah, the Manning pass? It's like there's only so much, and the thing is, a lot of especially arch is pretty measured, and it's funny because. Uh, talking to him on the side, he's definitely like... When you have a parent who's funny, like, like I'm sure Bronny is funny and quick-witted and smart, but unfortunately, he's in, like, he has to be in robot mode. Arch is the same way. It's like, you know, <laughs> I guarantee you, you know, it's like Mac Jones underneath Nick Saban Bill sure. Belichick. We, <laughs> yeah. we know what Mac Jones is like, and we see his public persona. Unfortunately, the public doesn't get to really see the person you know and a lot of people are like but but
1: that's the that's like the thing though like lebron is a1 on you know building a personal brand and like it's important to you know not shut up and dribble and show your personality and like whatever and he's got this kid who is probably quick-witted and funny and interesting and there's like a gag order it (laughs) it makes no sense like i mean i understand that people want to protect their kids like i get it but (laughs) are you really doing him a favor in the long term by doing this with him? If you really do believe that one day he's going to have to face the NBA media.
0: Yeah. I I do think that one thing, one thing I think LeBron did that, that he probably regrets now is saying on a play with Bronny in the NBA. Like I, I think that kind of put because to the NBA media and I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts, they'll say, okay, well, he's going to go here when, when Bronny comes When Bronny comes When Bronny comes. And then all of a sudden people are starting to realize, well, you know there are a handful of guys that can just decide they're going to be first round picks after one year in college or when they're draft eligible and even there are a lot of guys some of these guys that went to the G League who were five stars either didn't get picked or went in the second round of the draft this past year so like there's no guarantee so it, it kind of reminds me you know I was at UCF when Marcus Jordan was there Marcus Jordan uh was a uh a very good basketball player, you know, like a 15, five and five college basketball player, but he's Michael Jordan's kid. You know, it's not, it's not, he's going to be held to that extreme. And I think Bronny would be good to go to college. And I think he's a good player. Having watched him, the thing is, he's kind of like a, a good, he's a guy you want on your team. He's a, he's a good team player. He's not a superstar. And I don't think he would ever be a superstar. So I think it's that's sort of a tough situation where we compare it to Archer. He's a quarterback. Well, and here's
1: the other thing, really, it, it, because he doesn't talk to reporters. The story is not where is he going? What does Bronny think of LeBron wanting to play on his team in the NBA? What is? It, it's become the story now becomes because there's radio silence from there. Is this could even kid even good enough to play in right. the NBA? Like that's that's all it is now because there's because there's a vacuum, because the kid's not talking. Nobody's allowed to ask him questions. So now it's just like talking heads being like, oh, no, the kid actually sucks. <laughs> so, you know, there's no, like, you know, there's, there's not a give and take here.
0: Yeah, it is it is really a tough situation. I, I haven't seen Skip Bayless weigh in. I'm sure Skip doesn't think he's any how
1: is he? How is he not? Like <laughs> that, That's kind of surprising. Maybe he's waiting for the kid to turn 18 to trash him.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that if Bronny James was, you know, this is, a, as we saw, Someone we used to work with made national headlines by saying if Arch Manning's last name was 100%. Smith, he'd be a three-star. If if Bronny's name was something else, I still think he's a solid four-star basketball player.
1: Hundred percent. I think we have. I think we've done as an industry, not even just rivals, have done a pretty good job where we've ranked him. Um, I think that if his last name was Smith, he would be in the same place. And I think people argue both ends of it, and that kind of tells me we've done. I've had people tell me that he'd be ranked a lot higher if his last name was Smith. And I've had people tell me he wouldn't be in the 150 if his last name was Smith. And I don't think either of those things are true. I think we've done a pretty good job on evaluating him for him. The only thing that's made it difficult is he's played on an AAU team where he doesn't necessarily have the talent surrounding him that he does on the high school level. It would be interesting to see him play on a regular grassroots team in the UIBL instead of the team that he's on um so you know sometimes he's asked to do a lot so he can look a little bit overwhelmed at times but it's only because he doesn't have to help
0: yeah so we'll see I bet he has a big season I mean I would I would be shocked if he wasn't uh he's gonna play a national schedule I wouldn't be shocked we see you know his stock go up a little bit and if you're a if you're a school I don't know why you wouldn't want have, I mean, you know, we're, we had schools taking rappers' kids and putting them on the, t- the end of the bay yeah,
1: and, and rappers' kids that weren't good players. Bronny right. James is a good basketball player, like, right. is, that gets lost sometimes,
0: <laughs> right? So, I think if he wants to play college basketball, he can. I think he should. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm just the, the G League experience to me is like someone like Scoot Henderson right now is one of the best basketball players in the world under the age of 20 and he's been in he's been in anonymity for two years now it's like nobody even knows who he is or where he is or you know no one's watching these g-league elite games now maybe these ones coming up in a couple of weeks so they will be but to me it's like let him be a kid let him go to college let him have some fun and then maybe he gets better maybe he does make the nba but i don't i don't yeah,
1: think until, until there's proof that playing a g-league schedule prepares you better for the nba than playing a high major schedule at ohio state or oregon or duke or whatever any one of those conferences i don't really see what the advantage is
0: uh, especially you know. now especially now that they can make money now you can exactly. make money in college so. there
1: used to be yeah there used to be that advantage but that advantage is especially if you're Bronny, Bronny james is going to make money no matter where he goes and he's <laughs> going to make a lot of it you know <laughs> like, so
0: all right, back to the recruiting aspect. It is a big midnight madness. Drake will be out there shooting air balls. <laughs> Kentucky, uh, Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner expected to be there. Rob, this is a big one. Uh, you know, I, I took some flack when I put in a future cast for DJ Wagner to Kentucky because I thought it was common knowledge, and apparently it wasn't the Louisville fans who were not thrilled with uh, my pick there. That's was months ago. Just a couple months ago. So tell us what's going on here.
1: Well, the, the big one here is Bradshaw. He looked very close to – commit. No, well, not the big one, but the, the more interesting one to talk about right now, I think, is Bradshaw because he looked almost committed to Kentucky this summer, early, early this summer. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to commit now. I'm going to go to UCLA in Texas and, like, look at these other schools that they don't really seem to be players. Now it looks like he's going to end up in Kentucky again unless he goes to the G League. And I think him going to Midnight Madness there is kind of a signifier that, okay, Kentucky is really back to the school to beat in this situation. So they've kind of returned to their throne, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, there was some, some, some talk that these two might not want to play college basketball together, but I, the more time goes by, it's starting to look like they mo- might both end up there at Kentucky, unless Aaron ends up in the G League. What's going to be real interesting is if Louisville gets neither of them. They've had... It has been very hard for Kenny Payne, and I think it's harder than a lot of people expected. I think that people expected because of his pedigree and because of the players he was able to recruit and develop at Kentucky that he would slide into Louisville and have that same success right away despite never coaching a game. And I always tell people, especially when I'm radio down there in Louisville, no matter who you are, it's hard to sell a dream. I mean, you can talk about Devin Booker and everybody else, you you developed at Kentucky all you want, but until you've shown it as a head coach on the floor or at least a semblance of it or some positive trajectory... It's hard to sell a dream. Come here and play for a guy that's never been a head coach is still a gamble when you're a player of this level that wants to go to the NBA. It's, it, it's, it takes some faith. Meanwhile, you know going to play for Calipari takes a little bit less faith because you know you, see, you can see it. The proof is there in the play. As Payne starts to win games, and I'm not saying he has to go out and win a conference title or go out and make the final four this year, but if he shows that he can make that take that team from where it's been to a little bit more competitive and at least show the upper trajectory, then it gets easier, and then I think you start seeing the uh, the Kenny Payne of old, the recruiter of old.
0: Yeah, and it's a different. You know, Kenny Payne's been a, elite recruiter for a long time, but keep in mind he was out of the game for for a couple of years. I mean, the landscape has changed. So, you know, you're away from a year or two, the people you need to know change. The you know, ever no, that ever. <laughs> the, 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 every everything changes like, because people come and go through this world. Uh, like crazy, so I think Louisville fans will probably freak out, and they've had a rough couple years. I mean, it's been brutal since uh, the Patino situation ended, and I think they were hoping, boom, he steps in and he fixes all this, but it's going to take time, right?
1: Oh, so, no, 100%. You know, that's what I just said, is he, he's got to have a season to be able to point to before he's even able to recruit at that level. I think just because of how Louisville maybe is viewed by these kids, you got to remember they've been okay <laughs> for, for a period of time now. And these kids are young, like they don't remember, you know, a lot of them were pretty young when Rick Patino was ruling the roost over there.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what happens at Midnight Madness. We'll see if we're on commit watch. Uh, that wraps it up for this week's Rivals Hoops podcast with Rob Cassidy. Honey, if I should get my name on the title, if I'm going to be on here every <laughs> week. But uh, anyway, be sure hey, to check you, it Woody out. Womack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be sure to check it out on uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube uh subscribe leave a review we're going to be back every week uh rob will have some guests on our boy travis graff will make some appearances so uh lock it in and uh we'll be keep bringing the fresh content thanks rob (laughs) thanks
1: buddy